your musket, get your night vision goggles. Don't even think about listening to another second of this episode unless you got them glittering red dancing shoes on because we've got us a community jiggle here. If you are unfamiliar, the community jiggles are the episodes where we can tie up some loose ends in Aquatine. For example, I have a very, very big correction to a season one credit. We can talk about some other Aquatine projects within the Aquatine community, some exciting stuff going on outside of this podcast. You know, I'm not the only person out there doing stuff with Aquatine. And then in an unprecedented move here, people, this is big, never before done. This month marks the two-year anniversary of the podcast, and because of that, I took to Twitter, Instagram... (laughs) And threads, yeah, we'll be we'll be mentioning that later in the podcast. Uh, I went to those three spots and I said, "Hey, ask me whatever you want about Aquatine, Adult Swim, whatever." And the questions they came blowing in, so I will go in and and read some to you. Some I feel like could be expanded upon. We had some very interesting Aquatine questions, Adult Swim questions. So I'll hit you with those at the end. But before we can get to any of this exciting stuff. We got some Aqua Teen news, baby. We got some Aqua Teen Hunger Force news this week. As for the release date on season 12, as far as I know, it's still at some point in the fall. Nothing else has been announced yet. But something I want to address here is last month, Aqua Teen co-creator Dave Willis and Aqua Teen producer editor Ned Hastings, they were both on CBR.com. They did an interview there. And the interview, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But the reason I want to bring this up is that at the very bottom of that page, it says Aqua Teen Hunger Force's 12th season is set to debut on Max. Of course, the new name for HBO Max, which is so dumb. But yes, uh, that's what it said. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Of course, Adult Swim hasn't announced anything. So this could just be an assumption on CBR's end. I don't really know. But I, I would expect that maybe it would show up on both. Like, I really thought that this would debut on Adult Swim on live television, right? So I'd be surprised if it if it did show up first on Max, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? And I do really want to mention that, like, you might be like, well, why don't you just ask Matt or Dave? They don't necessarily know. If you'll recall Aquadong side pieces, they didn't know that was coming out until, like, very shortly uh, or right before it did come out, basically. So, I mean, these guys, they make the content, but they don't own it. They don't choose how it's distributed when it is where it is they just make it and then they pass it off so that's what cbr said i thought that was kind of interesting a bit of an interesting assertion for them to make we'll see if that turns out to be true or not but back to that cbr article that is very much worth reading of course link in the description uh dave mentions that he regretted when the boston incident happened he regretted not leaning into that more as you will know They did start to make an episode about it, then they were told they weren't able to. They wanted to make, like, bumps and stuff with the Moon and Knights, kind of, like, you know, playing it up, but they weren't able to. And and Dave, all these years later, is expressing regret that they weren't able to do that kind of stuff. But otherwise, yeah, that CBR read, it's a good time. Uh, They talk a lot about the Boston thing, which, in my opinion, has been reported to death, but that's what they're talking about there. And then also worth mentioning over on Screen Rant, and I did bring this interview up. This is a video interview. Screen Rant did an interview with the same guys, Dave Willis and Ned Hastings. It was a very good watch, one of my favorite Aqua Teen interviews. 
that again being mainly about the Boston incident, but it is brought up there. Dave does say that him, Matt Malero, and Matt Harrigan, they wrote an outline for a Space Ghost movie, and, and Dave has hopes that they can do it. They did this, I guess, back around the pandemic, like when Plantasm was being made. So I'd love to see a Space Ghost movie. I don't know how that would work. I'm going to have to ask them about this when I have them on next. Uh, I mean, of course, it's just an outline. It's not like they have a full script or anything. But it's like, how would a Space Ghost... First of all, like, how would that work? You know, Space Ghost is a talk show format, an 11-minute talk show format. But also, you know, C. Martin Croker isn't with us anymore. And he did two of the main characters out of the three main characters on the show. Um, you know, and, and Don Kennedy, of course, just passed away, who who was Tanzit. So... Um, yeah, I don't know how they could pull that off, but I have faith that they could. So I uh, just wanted to mention that here. So those are our bits of Aqua Teen news this week. Not a whole lot, you know, just waiting, biding our time until the fall for season 12 to come out. So worth mentioning, I do have uh, one bit of season 12 news, but that will be on next week's podcast. So with our news out of the way, let's jump in and talk about a very astonishing correction. Before I get into this, I got to wipe the egg off of my face here. So this correction is regarding a season one episode, a little episode called Circus. And the way that this all started was when I was covering Spacegate World, the last full deep dive we did, I was on YouTube watching that footage of them doing the voices for it, the uh, throats, faces, and whatever the hell. I, was, I wasn't really watching it, I guess. I was trying to see what people were saying about it, just to see if there was anything interesting there. And somebody said something along the lines of, oh, like, Dave Willis voices Randy the Astonishing. And I'm like, no, Matt, like Matt does. I chimed in because that's what IMDb said. That's what the Aqua Teen fandom wiki said. That's, uh, you know, he, Matt's credited on the episode. It, it made sense to me that it would have been him. And the guy responded with, oh, okay, or whatever. And, you know, I just couldn't get it out of my head. I, I went back and, and I kept listening to it. Like, you know what? Like, back when I first started covering Aqua Teen, it made sense that I would think that because the cadence really of Randy the Astonishing to me is very similar to Matt. That's why I thought that. But as I've covered Matt stuff more, as I've you know gotten to speak with him several times, I just know his voice better. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think this is Matt. Maybe it is with the cadence that suggested to me, but I could really see this being Dave. It makes more sense for Dave to have done this. And again, this was just bugging me for like a week or two. So I reached out to Matt. I was like, all right, Let's uh, let's figure this out once and for all. And Matt responded. So I should say, first of all, that I sent Matt three voice clips. I sent him a clip of Randy the Astonishing, Randy's dad, who shows up at the end of the episode, and Inside Out Boy, because those are the only three real extra characters in that episode. And again, Matt is credited on that episode. Matt responded saying, Dave does Randy. I may be doing Inside Out Boy, but I don't remember. And I don't even do drugs. So that's what Matt had to say, is that he just couldn't remember who he did. And again, I sent him voice clips, too. I wasn't relying on him solely remembering. And he still wasn't really sure. So he's guessing Inside Out Boy. I could see him maybe being the dad, but I still think that it's probably Dave. So I want to add that here, that, yeah, it's not 
Matt doing Randy, which is embarrassing for me because not only did I say it all over that episode and I'm like, oh, you know, Matt, he's so great here, which of course I just started doing the podcast, so I'm not too worried about that, but I've said it several times since then. And also, if you'll recall in the episode artwork for the Matt Malero interview, the first time he came on the podcast, I put a picture of fucking Randy the Astonishing on there too. So it's just like, oh my God, I got to Go back and update. I mean, I already had to update that artwork as we've uh, gone through the show. I figured out some of those characters he didn't do. Because again, as we're seeing here, stuff is credited so poorly uh, on this show. And that's really been a theme of our last few deep dives, like Hypnogerm, Spacegate World. And let me go on this little side story here. Because, you know, I'm like, normally, okay, I can't blame IMDb. Somebody just filled this out real quick. Here's the thing, okay? I figured out my IMDb password, I logged in, I made corrections, and most of them got denied. Even though these are, for example, for Spacegate World, you could see them recording the voices. And I went to correct it with, I said that in the thing, you could see the footage, they are not doing this. And my corrections got declined. So, because of that, IMDb is dog shit, and I, I can't even give them the benefit of the doubt they're choosing to be at this point, because I've tried to fix their shit, and they won't let me. So, I am going to be going over to the Aqua Teen fandom wiki and updating there. I'm going to do my best to get that, you know, in shape. Um, so, just for your knowledge, don't rely on IMDb for just about anything, because... Again, it's not like somebody just messed up and then they were happy to fix their correction. My corrections are getting denied by somebody who probably hasn't even seen Aquatine. So, hey, what can you do? At least now we know what more could you ask for. So, of course, thank you to Matt for getting back to me. And now I can correctly say, Dave, you did a great job as Randy the Astonishing. Love that episode. These are called Community Jiggles for a reason. I always intended to be able to shout out other Aqua Teen projects. And this month, this Community Jiggle, we have a lot of things to shout out here. And first and foremost, we've got the big Kahuna. Now, uh, one of the most exciting upcoming Aqua Teen fan projects is the Rabot Rebuilt project, which is, of course, a bunch of different animators, many of whom listen to this podcast, and I don't know if I used whom correctly, but I hope to God I did. Perhaps you listening, perhaps you're involved in this project, and I talked to Zeus, the artist putting this together, and guess what? It's just about done, and this project, it got started right around the time that this podcast did. So it's so cool to have seen that, you know, running alongside the podcast and just seeing it get put together here, and I'm so proud of just everybody involved uh, for, you know, it almost being done. Last I heard, there was one person who needed to submit their clip, and they were almost done with it. So we should be seeing that soon. In fact, Zeus was was suggesting it might even be out by the time that this episode comes out. Now, as I record this on uh, Friday morning, the 14th, it is not out yet, but it's possible on Monday it will be. So uh, I'll post it everywhere once it is out. You can check the description to, to see the Instagram. I'm sure it will be posted there. And just so exciting. If you're unfamiliar, this is, again, just all sorts of of artists coming together to reanimate the Rabot episode. Everybody's doing just a a little, you know, a few seconds at a time in their own style. And it has the original audio underneath it. And it's so exciting. I mean, a few of these clips have, have gone viral and gotten the recognition of people who worked on the show. So you should be stoked for it. I'm very excited to finally see this thing. It's been a long time coming. So I'll update you when it's out. Moving on here, we have three 
musicians making three incredibly different kinds of music in the name of Aqua Teen. As always, links to all of these songs in the description. Check them out. Very good stuff. First up, we've got Mr. Matt Cantu. I hope I'm saying that right. Maybe it's Cantu. C-A-N-T-U. And you know what he's bringing to you? He's doing a new metal cover of the Aqua Teen theme song. Let's give it a listen. I don't know about you, but I was expecting Mr. Jonathan Davis to pop in there at the beginning and ask me if I'm ready. That's really what I was expecting for. And let me tell you, as somebody who grew up on corn, both the food and the band, and corn being my favorite band when I got into Aqua Teen, uh, this, this is the mashup for me. This is the cover for me. I hope you enjoyed it too. There's more parts to that, obviously. We didn't listen to the whole thing, so check the whole thing out. And Matt comes in telling me that he's putting an EP together called After Hours. And not only will it have this Aqua Teen theme, but also he is doing his own renditions of the C-Lab theme, the Brack Show theme, and the Boondocks theme. So get ready for that. Very exciting. I'm excited to see what Matt does with it, you know, as a as a corn and a new metal guy myself to some extent. Matt, I think he knocked it out of the park. So let's move on to something very different. Next up, we have Mac Wop with his track called This Set. And I think this backing track might be a little familiar to you if you are a fan of of season two, episode one's Super Birthday Snake. Let's give it a listen. Throwing hands like an enforcer, the contorter destroyer. If the bitch don't make money, I ain't bout to perceive her. Because I'm like Alexander the Conqueror. On the street of Mac Wapa, to Umuno and Tero and Wapdago. My people do the hit on my say so Shit, which way he go? What the fuck am I on? I'm trying to be a king like LeBron Don't compare me to no coupon Because you can't get with the crew off no deal TK people are hustlers and killers That's for real Any packs left out in the open I'm finna steal Best give up them racks or full metal Great to see somebody use that outro music from that episode as a as a backing track, as a beat for a rap here. I guess shout out to Captain Beefy, who is the producer on this one. Uh, of course, not of the original. I assume that was Schooly D who did the original, uh, the one that was in Aqua Teen. But yeah, I mean, props to these guys for for taking this very infectious beat and and using it for something a little bit more long form. So again, that is that is Mac Wop with this set. So last but not least, I've played them on the podcast before. We got these boys up here in Minnesota. They're called Glad to be Dead, and they're rocking out, man. And of course, I found them. I mentioned this on the podcast before. I found them because my wife was trying to share something from the podcast, and she was trying to add music to her story, and she typed in Dancing is Forbidden, and she found a song by these guys, so I've been hooked ever since. They're still putting out music. They're still including Aqua Teen references. Let's listen to one of their newest tracks called Keeps Me Complacent. Yeah, right, big guy. Yeah, I think so. Good. Because tonight, you... 
It kills me to fade out there, but we can't listen to the whole thing. Again, that is Glad to be Dead, uh, a fellow Minnesota-based group who are expressing their love of Aquatine through just a plethora of song titles and samples from Aquatine in their music. I mean, check them out. They're great. So these are our three music acts this week as a musician myself. Very, very cool to see all these, you know, three separate people doing three separate things with Aquatine here. Very, very neat. Link in the description, of course, to all three of these tracks. The video buffs, we had you covered. The music buffs, you got three new hit tracks to listen to. What about the bookworms out there, man? What about the readers amongst us? Who want to read some Aqua Teen fan stuff? Well, I've got the project here for you. Over on the Discord, I've seen rumblings and rumors that uh, both Shinsuke and Carson have been working on some fan fiction for you called Aqua Teen Hunger Force Assemble. Uh, still in the works, but some of it is out, and there's a link to this in the description. If you want to get your eyes on some fan-made words about the teens, you gotta check that out. Before we head out of this community section, you may be a visual artist saying, Hey man, talk about my thing. Well, obviously being a podcast, an audio-only thing, that's very difficult. But if you do want to get your work seen and featured, I would suggest you head on over to adultswimcentral.com. This being a website that goes back over 20 years at this point, and they are starting up something called Fan Art Friday where they, I mean, they've been doing it for a couple weeks now, where you can submit your art there and they will feature it on their website. So if you're a visual artist, check that out. So to get into our Q&A, the reason I did this is because this month marks the two-year anniversary of the podcast, and I thought it'd just be a fun little thing to do. First up, I actually went to Threads and and asked, because this is within the first week of that platform launching, and I'm like, all right, let's get some actual conversation here, since basically the discourse was, hey, we're all on Threads now, cool. And uh, unsurprisingly, there weren't that many responses. I mean, I know, look, let me tell you, Threads, it's a new platform. It has over 10 million users, and the reason I know that is because I've seen about 10 million articles telling me that. However, whether or not people will stay on it and use it regularly is yet to be seen. Uh, Really quickly, me personally, I'm not that impressed with it, mainly because the news feed just shows you most of the time random shit that you don't care about, like people you don't even follow, so that makes me not interested whatsoever. Regardless, I asked over on threads if anybody had any questions. We got a few responses. The question I would like to read you from Threads, first of all, it looks like it's been deleted or I, I don't know what the deal is. So I'm not going to read who who asked it. Maybe they don't want to be uh, known because this is a controversial question here. This is a very racy topic, especially in America in 2023. And the question was in the regards to why I started doing the pop culture section of the podcast. And I really <laughs> honestly don't remember why. And, like, the animation podcast that inspired me to start this, called What a Cartoon, they don't even do a pop culture section. Uh, so I'm not really sure. I've, I've heard other podcasts that do a similar kind of thing, but they usually just, you know, breeze by it really quickly. Obviously, on Dancing is Forbidden, we spend up to 20 minutes talking about the pop culture of the time. So I don't know why I started or, or how I ended up with the format that I did. 
But this person asking the question, they really like the pop culture segment. And I'm really excited by that. And I always love when I hear about that from anybody who listens, because there were many times in the first year that I almost stopped doing it because I was thinking, well, people are here for Aqua Teen. Do they care about pop culture? Do they care what the top song was? But resoundingly, the answer was yes, which I'm I'm so happy for because diving into any episode of Aqua Teen, I know what the episode's going to be, and chances are I've seen it already, so it's not a, a surprise in that regard. But I don't know what the video game coming out that week was or what the top, you know, grossing film was that week. So it's always a fun surprise to me in doing my research uh, just just to, you know, keep things fresh. So I'm glad uh, to any that anybody likes the pop culture stuff. It's very, you know, nostalgic. It's very fun. And it, it's also cool to hear these songs, particularly that I'm like, I've never heard this in my life, but I guess this was a, a big song at the time. So that's really it for threads. Uh, some fun questions there. Of course, you could check it out if you're on threads. I'm going to jump over to Twitter here. And first up, we have CN100EG, uh, a Frylock freak, if, if I dare say, asking uh, three questions, two of them Frylock-centric. So let's get into them here. Let me cover myself in fry grease first. But uh, this first one is, do you sometimes look up Aqua Teen fan fiction? Uh, no, I've never really looked up any fan fiction. Uh, it's not really my thing. Having said that, I don't think negatively of it, and I think it's cool that people write it or, or read it. I mean, the same way that I do this podcast about Aqua Teen and, and you're listening to it. So I have nothing against it. I don't you know, really have an opinion. It's just not my thing. I'm not like a huge reader anyways, so that, that might play a part in it. Uh, what do you think about Frylock's new look in Plantasm? That's a good question and not really one that I've thought about. Um, on its own, I think his look is cool. I, I, I like it as a standalone thing, but I do prefer the, you know, normal Frylock look. I, I feel like most people probably do. So nothing against that new look, but it's like, well, you know, I like the nostalgic normal Frylock look. And uh, I, I do want to say, though, I love the twist with that new look in Plantasm, where the idea is like, oh, it's this indestructible new box that Frylock has, and then at the, you know, it's revealed later that it's just like aluminum foil or something. It's not, it's not any sort of special uh, material. So I, I love that, and I think having that new look for that joke uh, is great. So the the third question that CN100EG has is, what is my favorite Frylock moment from Aqua Teen? And I think it's the cubing where Frylock puts on the S&M mask in front of Meatwad, and he's like, tell me I've been bad. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's so funny to me. I, that's just a standout moment. And of course, I, I love whenever they uh, show Frylock's freaky side because it just makes him more interesting than j being just the plot point straight man that they use him as a lot. Although, as we're seeing in later seasons, at least that we've covered on the podcast up till season three, that they're they're showing more of a personality from him, which is uh, much more interesting. Uh, Swimwiki two thousand and one asks: Outside of Aquatine, do you collect any other Adult Swim DVDs? Uh, when I answered this, my answer was no. However, uh, you know, a few days later, I actually have ordered the Squidbillies Volume One disc. I got it for eight dollars used on eBay because on the Patreon this month we're going to be covering the first Squidbillies episode, and I wanted all of those pilots. Because Squidbillies had such a rough beginning, it went through many iterations with the pilots there. So I, I couldn't find them online anywhere. Maybe they exist, whatever. Uh, luckily, you know, thanks to the patrons, the, the Moon Masters, I, I could just buy that and uh, check it out. So 
yeah, uh, I guess now officially my first non-Aqua Teen Adult Swim DVD will be Squidbillies. Although I do own The Room on DVD, and that was shown on Adult Swim for many years. So does that count? I don't know. It's not officially Adult Swim, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a gray area. Next up on Twitter, we have at Eves Kelsey, E-A-V-E-S, Kelsey, asking, what kind of work do you think Carl and Frylock do from the home? And that's a good question. I've not thought about Carl. I really don't have an answer for this. Uh, I, I wrote here on Twitter that my guess is he either does, like, bill collection online, like, some sort of, like, phone work, or uh, he just continually recertifies his unemployment. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe he does odd jobs. Of course, I don't suspect Matt and Dave have a solid answer for this themselves. Of course, uh, so I, I, I have no idea. It, it could be anybody's guess, but those are my guesses. And for Frylock, I feel like we actually have more of, of, of a solid, informed guess on this one in that I, re- I think it's Balloonenstein. Meatwad zaps his computer and shuts it down, and Frylock says he was doing day trading or something like that. So I assume he does that in conjunction with contract kind of freelance science tech stuff, like building things for other people. I mean, I know we see that, I think, in uh, Dur Inflatable Fuhrer or whatever that episode is called, the one with the balloon Hitler. I think, isn't that one about him doing that? So I think, like, those are really my solid guesses for Frylock is a combination of... uh, you know, tech work when he can get it, and then also the stock market. But as we go on through the show, I guess we can keep building our hypotheses for whatever these guys are up to. So thanks, Kelsey. That's a really, really interesting question I never thought about before. Next up, we have Lacquerhead2112. I'm I'm smelling a Primus and also a Rush fan here. Uh, We have Lacquerhead2112 asking, what's your favorite non-Aqua Teen Adult Swim show? And this was asked on Instagram as well, and I don't have a solid answer to this. Like, I didn't have one off the top of my head. There's a few shows that I really love, but I never really, like, ranked them in my head before. But I'm going to go with Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule, simply because there's not a bad episode in the bunch. The show is so insanely unique. I love Tim and Eric, but John C. Riley, I mean, he's a real deal actor playing this insanely silly character, and it only works because of that, because John C. Riley is the real deal. If anybody else was trying to play Dr. Steve Brule, I don't think it would work, but John C. Riley, he knows when to go, like where to go with it, and it's just brilliant. I, I think it's one of the best performances of all time, him playing that character, and it's just such a bizarre show. It's great. Otherwise, of course, I love Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. But in terms of another cartoon, I guess maybe like home movies would be one. Uh, Mission Hill, although that's not actually an Adult Swim show. It was just syndicated on Adult Swim. Um, You know, some of those shows I I love. There's a lot of shows that I love, but yeah, I've never had like a clear-cut second favorite, I guess. Metalocalypse being one, too, uh, that I really, truly love. But yeah, uh, not really sure, but, but great question there. And Lacquerhead later went on to say that uh, they haven't really seen much Tim and Eric stuff. So uh, get on it there, Lacquerhead. Stop listening to Primus. Put the Rush record away and uh, get to it there. So next up, we have Cup on Drugs asking, what was your first episode of Aqua Teen that you remember seeing? And that's a really good question. Not one that I would have thought to ask. The first episode I remember seeing uh, would have been when... Bus of the Undead came on TV at one point. This isn't when it originally aired, of course, 
But I, I remember being excited for that, and I remember specifically that I was aware it was Aqua Teen, and I was excited that it was Aqua Teen because I was a new viewer. So that couldn't have been the first time I saw it, but that's my earliest memory. And I also have a memory uh, before that of talking with a kid in class about Aqua Teen when I was in fifth grade. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the specific first. I, I, I probably could go look at what was airing around that time and get a guess, but I wouldn't know which episode it was. Uh, Cup on Drugs asks uh, two more questions here. So uh, they ask, what about Aqua Teen made you pretty much a lifelong fan? And that's a good question as well. One that I should um, preface by saying, of course, I loved it. You know, I just said from at age 10, probably 10 to 12, I was watching it very heavily. Around 13, I dropped off. And this is because we had cable like very hit or miss if I could see new episodes. And I only had the two of the box sets. And after a while, you know, you see those episodes so many times. It's such a short period of time. You're going to get tired of them. So I assume that's what happened. And I just kind of moved on to other things, specifically like my growing interest in music. So after 13 to really 27, the show easily was my favorite show. I would say it's my favorite comedy show around that time because my favorite drama would have been Breaking Bad. So I wanted to differentiate between the two. But it was always my favorite show, and it was one I always would go back to. I'd always go and watch a couple episodes uh, here and there. But really, until I started the podcast at 27, I wasn't like a super fan, like like I guess you could say I am now. But I mean, really, what brought me to the show is just the reason, or the reason I'm a lifelong fan is the reason I fell in love with it. It's just such a unique show, such a hilarious show. Uh, it felt like it was speaking to me specifically. There was nothing else like it. And... I mean, just really, I've said this before, but the show imprinted itself like in my DNA almost because I'm astounded so many times watching the show back for this podcast. Some episodes I hadn't seen in years. And I'm like, holy shit, like I literally construct jokes just like this. I don't really quote the show in my day to day life. In fact, most people don't even know I'm a fan of the show, let alone that I do this podcast. But just really, like, that's the thing that stuck with me was just like the way that Matt and Dave write is how I like adapted my humor as a young kid and and still do to this day. So it's just such a such a treat watching back to it and seeing like, wow, this show has been with me in such a big way. And I didn't even realize it until starting the podcast. So that's a, that's a great question. And then Cup on Drugs has one last great question here with, what about Aqua Teen made you want to make an amazing podcast about it? Uh, that's Cup on Drugs words, not mine. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, I, I guess it just goes back to what I just said is that obviously, you know, it's my favorite show. So that made it a clear winner for a podcast topic. I knew I wanted to start a podcast. Uh, I tried to do one in 2019 about music and it was going to be where I was ranking through bands discographies. So I'd be like, oh, my, my 10th you know, favorite or my least favorite record by this band is. But the problem with that, I realized uh, after I made like three fully produced episodes was it was going to be hard to get an audience because every band has a different fan base. So if you're a fan of, you know, Kings of Leon, you're probably not going to want to listen to my episode on Static X or something. Like, they're so completely different. So I didn't pursue that. So I still wanted to do a podcast, and I loved the podcast What a Cartoon, specifically because they would dive through all different cartoons. And they had two episodes on Aqua Teen that I really enjoyed. So that kind of... Uh, implanted the seeds but beyond that i was starting to watch through aqua teen again and plantasm was announced and i'm like oh shit like i should watch through the show now and and so when the movie comes out i can 
you know, be caught up because I have not seen every episode, as I've said many times. I still haven't. And I started watching through and I'm like, wait, I should do this as a podcast. Why not? So I sat on that idea for a little bit. I went, I made sure there were no other Aqua Teen podcasts. There was one that started up in 2016, but they did like two episodes and stopped. Uh, so yeah, I sat on the idea. I tried to figure out in my head, how am I going to do this? And then, um, I guess, you know, not to sound like a pretentious douchebag, but the, I guess the rest is kind of history. Cause eventually I just, this, I'm like, fuck it. Let's just start doing it then. And, uh, there you go. So thank you cup on drugs. Those are three very interesting a- questions and fun questions to answer. So let's hop on over to the Instagram here. I'm not going to be reading usernames. Because Instagram is done through store, like it was done through stories. I don't know if people necessarily want their names out there, but also the way that I have to go through and read these is makes it difficult to even see who asked the question. So apologies. And again, to everybody who asked any questions here, I really do appreciate that. Uh, and if, if I'm not reading your question, it's not that I didn't like the question or anything like that. I'm just trying to think of ones that are, you know, I could elaborate more on on the podcast. Because, for example, lots of people asked, what's your favorite episode of the show? Uh, it's kidney car, and I, I so I answered there, but it's like, well, I can't elaborate on that here that much. So we have a question that are like two sides of the same coin, basically. So uh, the first one is favorite celebrity guest, and for that one, I was thinking off of the top of my head of like being surprised by who the person was that showed up in Aqua Teen, and I think for me, it's got to be Neil Pert, the drummer from Rush, who shows up in Colin movie film. It's so completely out of left field, and not only did they get him to do a drum solo, but also to, like, play himself in the film in this completely nonsensical way. It's so great, and especially because, you know, Aqua Teen references Rush a decent amount. I mean, look at Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary. They tried to get Geddy Lee on that episode, the singer of Rush, but they couldn't, but at least they got Rush's drummer, Neil, to show up in the film. So I I love that as, like, a celebrity guest. Um, Then somebody asked, like, who my favorite, like, guest voice actor was. And the way I interpreted that question was, like, how much I like the person. And the way I answered that was Todd Berry. He's my favorite comedian, and he plays Romulox twice on the show. He plays a little chicken creature. I think the episode is called I Am a Pod or something. One of those later episodes, he shows back up again. So I love Todd Berry so much. It's like a pipe dream of mine to get him on the podcast. Uh, Of course, he showed up three times on Aqua Teen, so... It's not a complete stretch to ask him. So, uh, yeah, I love Todd Berry. So it, it's it's such a such a treat to see him on the show. Uh, ask my favorite Aqua Teen villain. If you listen to the retrospectives, you could probably figure it's MCP Pants. I mean, he he was my top favorite villain from season one, and I think that still stands across all the seasons and the episodes with him. Particularly the first one are so just great and you know a highlight of the show. I think. Uh, Biggest surprise doing the podcast, if any. Uh, I appreciate, too, the podcasting questions that that I was getting. Um, So the first surprise is that anybody listens and that this is still going on. I mean, that's incredible. And that there are Moonmasters supporting this podcast. Uh, That's really the biggest surprise. But beyond that, I think how many young fans the show is still getting. Because when I started the podcast, I expected to be one of the younger people in the community because I was 27 at the time and I, I was young getting into Aqua Teen. I figured it'd be people older than me, but that's not the case. Of course, there are, you know, many fans and listeners older than me, which is which is great. And then there's then there's younger fans too, which is great. So I love seeing this whole spread of all different ages and and even, you know, genders and and everything, races, sexual everything. It's like Aqua Teen appeals to all these people because 
getting into the podcast, I was, I was assuming it'd be me and a bunch of a bunch of middle-aged white guys, like you know, almost like myself. But that's very much not the case. So I think that's great, and and shows the strength of the show because it's consistently written off as a, a stoner frat bro kind of show. When uh, we could see that's not really the case. Maybe not frat bro. Maybe that wasn't the right word, but you know what I mean. Next up, uh, favorite Doctor Weird and Steve Cold Open. I never thought about this before, so I don't have a specific answer, and. I need to do a video ranking these because there's like we could at this point. There's technically one more coming up that we haven't covered, but in terms of like the classic Doctor Weird opens, we're done with those. So I should rank them at some point. But off the top of my head, it is the one where uh, Doctor Weird he he's standing there. He's all big. He's got a snare drum in front of him, and then he he uh, like Steve pops out or whatever and says like ta da or something. Pops out of Doctor Weird's chest like very. It's a lot of gore. And, uh, and Dr. Weird's like, just like basically yells at Steve for messing up the timing. He's like, you're supposed to wait for the drum or whatever. I, I love that one so much because there's so many layers to that joke. Uh, favorite Carl line. I went with, it don't matter. None of this matters simply because I feel like that is actual life advice, <laughs> even though it's like this like nihilistic joke. But, uh, sometimes it's like, why am I going to get fucking mad about this? It, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we have a movie question here. Uh, what's your favorite movie you've seen in the last two years? I had to have two answers for this because I love bad movies. I said it so many times on the podcast. Hillary Duff's 2004 film Raise Your Voice is nuts. It's fucking batshit insane. And that is a lot of fun. Otherwise, in terms of good movies, thanks to Nick Inkatanawat, when we had him on the podcast, he suggested Fantastic Planet. And I later went and saw that film. I, I just uh, serendipitously, as luck would have it, my local theater was showing that film like a week later after he told me that. So I went and saw it for the first time, and I'm still thinking about it. It's great. It's an animated film done in the '70s. It's just so imaginative and deals with with humanity's relationship with nature, and it's really good. So check out Fantastic Planet. It's actually on Max. So if you have Max to watch Aqua Teen, you can see Fantastic Planet. I would suggest it. It's very good. Uh, here, here's a good one. Uh, which movie do you prefer between Plantasm and colon movie film? I prefer Plantasm because in my mind, if you're going to do a movie, it should be structured like a film. And Plantasm very much was. So I liked that more. I was, I mean, I, I said it on the Patreon. I was disappointed by the colon movie film the first time I saw it because it was like not like a normal movie. It wasn't what I was expecting. Now I've come to appreciate colon movie film. I like it a lot. I mean, I think it's great for what it is. But to me, it's it's like if I'm going to watch a movie, I want it to be a movie. And Plantasm is an actual movie. It was fun to watch them do it, you know, like do Aqua Teen in this more established format and style. I like to see that. And it's like, you know, keep keep the episodic stuff to the episodes, I guess. That's, that's kind of my opinion on it. But again, colon movie film is still great. It's not like I dislike it. Uh, have you been to the Adult Swim Festival? And if not, would you go in the future? I've never been, and I would go if there was like a big Aqua Teen event, like a big panel, and like a lot of the guys were going to be there. It depends where it was. Like if it was close, then I would go regardless. Like if there was any sort of Aqua Teen thing there. I don't know if there's anything else. Maybe if there was like a, a Tim and Eric event, I might go otherwise, but it has to be an Aqua Teen thing, I think. And uh, yeah, it has to be like a big event then then i would go otherwise like they, they seem fun i just for me I, I i wouldn't travel otherwise for that uh you ever seen mystery science theater 3000 
Uh, no, I, well, I'm familiar with it. Like, I know, like, the history behind it. I've seen clips and bits and pieces. I know what it's about. I know it got rebooted with Jonah Ray. I love Jonah Ray, but I don't know how that reboot did. But he's great. But I have not actually sat down and watched one. And they were made in Minnesota, which is where I now live. So I do want to watch one even for that connection. So uh, a few of you have reached out with some some great uh, uh, recommendations. In fact, I got several of the same ones. So I'm like, all right, that's the one I need to watch. So I will watch it. It seems up my alley. I just, uh, for whatever reason, haven't seen it yet. Uh, thoughts on the creator's other shows? Examples, Squidbillies, 12-Ounce Mouse, etc. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, with Space Ghost, because even though Matt and Dave did not create Space Ghost, they played a pivotal role in it, and in my opinion, they wrote the best Space Ghost episodes. And I felt that way before I started the podcast. I felt that way before I even realized that they wrote those episodes. Because the episode that got me into Space Ghost was when C. Martin Croker passed, and they made all the Space Ghost episodes available on Adult Swim's website. So I watched the Knife and Around episode because I saw somebody suggest it. And I fell in love. And of course, Matt and Dave, come to find out, wrote that one. I mean, Ned Hastings worked on it and a bunch of other people did. That, to me, knifing around the Space Ghost episode, it's one of the best television episodes ever. If you know who Tom York and Bjork are. So <laughs> there's a little asterisk there. But I did. So as always, I'm like, wow, this is so niche and weird and great. Uh, so I like. from there, I went back and listened to all the Space Ghost episodes when I was at work. I would just listen to them like podcasts. I like Space Ghost a lot. I love the Matt and Dave episodes. Next up, I guess technically would be Perfect Hair Forever. I have not seen a full episode yet, so I can't comment on it. Uh, the parts I've seen, I don't know if I'll be crazy about the show, but I'm willing to give it a, a chance. After that, I think we have Squidbillies. Squidbillies, I saw a lot growing up because, you know, that was on around the time I was uh, watching Aqua Teen and Adult Swim. And my dad spent a lot of time growing up in Tennessee, and I would go to Tennessee a lot as a kid to see my grandfather. And so because of that, you know, hillbilly redneck element of it, my dad loved squidbillies. He didn't like Aqua Teen, but he loves squidbillies. So I'd see that a lot. And I always thought squidbillies was great, but I, I don't know why. Like it didn't hook me like Aqua Teen did, but if it was on, I, I, I would sit there and watch it and enjoy it. 12 Ounce Mouse. I have seen some episodes, but I have not seen all of them. I have not seen the, the newest season, but I, I know what it's about. Like I know what they do with it, but I haven't seen a lot, but... Uh, having said that, I do know that that 12 Ounce Mouse is a show I would really love if I sat down and really paid attention to it. I just haven't yet. I guess I'm just saving it for a rainy day, uh, for lack of a better term. But I, th I think what Matt and Dave did with those shows is brilliant. The way that Squidbillies was like more of an animated thing, 12 Ounce Mouse less of an animated thing. I think it's great. Uh, last but not least, we have Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Dave and Casper Kelly's show. I think it came out in 2013. And I actually went to check out that show, not because of Dave, but because of Craig Rowan, one of the actors on it. He plays Claude because I'm a big fan of his podcast. It's that episode on that podcast. What they do is he'll bring on a guest and they'll just watch a show that the guest picks and they'll talk about it. And Dave Willis was actually on, uh, I think two episodes of that show. But I went and watched it for him, and I loved it. I think that show is brilliant. I really like it. I have not seen every episode yet, but I think that's hilarious and like a great uh, later Adult Swim show. Now, at this point, that show came out 10 years ago, so I, I don't know that it would be considered a later show now, but uh, I'm sure you know what I mean. So that, those are my thoughts on the guys' other shows. Uh, of course, they've popped up on other things here and there, but those are like their main other shows, I guess. 
uh, our Frylock or Shakes voice actors going to come on the podcast? I'm sure they will. I haven't asked either of them. I've probably said both of these things at some point on the podcast. But uh, with Carrie, his wife, Leah, who is kind of like his manager, she reached out to me a few months into doing the podcast, offering for him to come on. But I was not ready to talk to anybody from the show at that point. I like I had not done any interviews yet and I just was not, you know, I had like such low self-confidence. So I, I, di- I didn't accept the offer. Uh, although I did reach out and, and Carrie did send in a voice clip on the Universal Remonster episode. But um, no, I haven't asked. I'm sure he would uh, whenever I ask. Uh, Dana, I have corresponded with him more directly. He gave me his email address uh, early on while doing the podcast. And I mean, you've heard if you're a longtime listener, I've read like one or two of his emails on the show. I haven't asked him either yet. Um, I'll ask them soon, probably when season 12 is coming out. Maybe I'll bring them on then. But I mean, genuinely, I just I just haven't asked because I have to format those interviews differently because with the normal guys that we've had on, the production guys, like I'm asking production questions. That's really what we focus on on the podcast. And a lot of them remember a lot. Meanwhile, you know, if I'm, I can't ask Carrie, hey, Carrie, when you read that line 20 years ago, you know, I can't ask them those kinds of questions. They're not going to remember. So uh, got to go about it in a different way. But I have slowly been working on how to do those interviews. They'll, they'll come. Don't worry about it. So last up, the last question I'm going to read before we wrap this episode up. It's a big one. It's a philosophical one. It's not one that I've ever considered before. And the question goes like this. This may have been stated before, but I've always considered each of the four major characters representing parts of our whole person. Frylock is intelligence and wisdom. Shake is greed and laziness. Meatwad is innocence and imagination. And Carl is sex and pleasure. We all experience these feelings daily, keeping them in check with each other. Would you agree? So, I, yeah, I've never thought about this in, this in these terms. Of course, I do not anticipate whatsoever that Matt and Dave intended that, but this line of thinking to me checks out. I mean, I can't really argue with it. Of course, you know, there might be exceptions, like, you know, whenever Frylock shows his, you know, freaky side, like with his S&M mask, like, like Frylock has his own moments of, you know, sort of like a sexual aspect to him. Uh, inversely with, with Meatwad, sometimes he's not innocent and imaginative. He's like evil and conniving. So there are exceptions to this. But I think this is a, a super interesting take on the characters, and certainly they do represent these these aspects very well. So overall, like I do agree, that's a really cool analysis of, of the show, and again, not one that I've ever heard before. So thank you, of course, everybody who submitted questions. I would have loved to have just read them all, but that would be too long. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you're saying, buddy, it already was too long. But hey, hope you liked that. It was, it was, of course, fun to do. So thank you again, everybody, for submitting questions. Thank you for listening. That is it for me this week. Reminder for a very exciting episode coming up next week. I'm warning you, make sure you stock up on extra diapers and make sure that you're on the toilet uh, when you check your phone uh, for the new podcast episode. Because this one is going to be a big one. It's going to be a doozy It's going to be my magnum opus as a podcaster. I hope you're excited for it. But until then, you know, thanks for listening. And thank you to the supporters of this show, the wonderful supporters who without them, this would have not gone on for two years. And I'll talk more next week about how, you know, the whole two-year sentimental bull crap. But until then, thank you to our Highlander, Nick. There can be only one!
There's only been one community jiggle this month, and there's only one Nick. Otherwise, shout out to our number one in the Hood G tier patrons, Sean, Ian, Captain Buford, Robison, Jason, Carl, Lechera Tone69, Empower706, and SwimWiki. You guys can get your jiggle on any day of the week. I'll see you next week. Until then, keep it cool. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right, it's it's uh, me. I'm back again. And I recently got back from a screening of The Room in my town of the beautiful Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, they started doing monthly screenings, and this was the first one. And I went, saw it at a theater. A uh, really good time. The nice thing about that is you get there, and it's like you're instantly friends with everyone because you're just sitting there talking during the movie and laughing, having a good time together. And the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I always wondered why I ended the podcast with bye-bye. I'm like, I don't say that in real life. But when I'm watching the movie, The Room, Claudette, that's how every time she leaves, she goes, bye-bye. <laughs> and I realize every time she'd say it, I'd say it with her. And I'm like, holy shit, that's where I got that from. So thought I'd chime in. There's a little piece of uh, podcast trivia for you. So there you go. Bye-bye. <laughs>